I actually um, texted my best friend who is a pastor and I said, does the devil exist? And she texted back, LOL, yes, but he's very lonely. I come from a Jewish background, so I'm honestly kind of baffled by the concept of the devil because we don't really have it. I was raised Southern Baptist. My mom taught me that the devil was almost as omniscient as God because he was everywhere, he was in everything, and it was an easy way to say, don't do this because that's what the devil wants you to do. It was almost like this boogeyman. 10, you know, 11 even, and I'd be scared stiff and, and wouldn't talk to anything or anybody that had anything to do with the devil. You know, the devil was there in hell wanting me. He was in the darkness. He was in the, in the word, you know, and uh, everything to make, you know, a kid scared, right? The, the, the concept of the devil, the way the stories were taught to me as a child, doesn't really make all that much sense. It seems to me that it's more of a scare tactic, a carrot and stick sort of thing to get people to do the things you want them to do. So if they do what you want, you say you're going to go to heaven once you die. And if they don't do what you want, you say they're going to go to hell and they're going to get tortured by the uh, the the devil. You know, growing up, you were talk about staying away from things like Dungeons and Dragons, because you don't want your children being told that that's okay to play because it's not because Satan's in it. You know, watching certain cartoon shows that depict, like when He-Man, you know, you got Skeletor, it's a guy with a skeleton face. It looks evil. If it looks evil, it more than likely is evil. You know, it's like whatever it is that could possibly cause you grief, that's something that could have been something inspired by the devil or you can attribute it to that as a disabled person as a mentally ill person as a neurodivergent person the concept that person's evil moral lack moral failing and connection to the devil is revealed in physical deformity is still so much at the heart of ableism in our society. And we don't even question it anymore that, you know, like, oh, what, what did that person do in a previous life to deserve that? I understand the Christian idea of the devil from growing up in a Christian society, but I'm a bit baffled by it because I'm not really sure where it comes from since in Judaism, we just don't have it. So where does this figure who represents ultimate evil, where do they come from? And how does this or doesn't it relate to the religion that I grew up with, which is said to be the root of this idea that is so central to the Christian society in which I live? So frankly, I find it kind of confusing and a little bit scary because of what it says, not about the devil as a person, I don't believe in the devil as a person, but about a society that interprets things to create a manifestation, a personification of evil. And that actually scares me about society. I think that absolutely fuels some of the anti-vax ideas in the fundamentalist communities. 
um, because it would be better to be dead than disabled or better to be dead than autistic. And if it is a risk that a vaccine might do that to you, and like what's it's a very it's a very short step to saying that you're putting the devil into your body um, and that what comes out is the devil's work, which is autism, which is disability. I see it. I see the term the devil as a challenge to be overcome. Not as a battle, not as a war, but simply a way to better ourselves or to help somebody better their own personal station in life or where they're at um, physically, mentally, spiritually. That was Jody Black, Amalia Rubin, John Nicholas Riggins, Alejandro Gomez, Ken Boulding, Jess Banks, Tom Durant, and the devil they know. This is the devil you don't know. Welcome to The Devil You Don't Know. This is the podcast that explores the historical and cultural relevance of the devil. I'm Don Early, and with me as always are Emily Kwan and Jeremy Spray. Hello. Hi, all. We are back again, and uh, guys, we have now a website. Yay! Uh, yay! Finally, we have a website. It, it is thedevilpodcast.com. So keeping with the theme, um, that's convenient. And, yeah. Uh, so all of our episodes are up there. All of the extra notes are up there. Uh, you can buy devil merch if you want. I got a little quick little printful store up there. You can get some fun stuff there. Um, and then you can email us now. Now we have a cool email address. Learn at the So you can email us thoughts, questions, comments, um, Oh, but if you want to actually like give us your voice, you can leave us a voicemail. We have a phone number. What? It is, yeah. So cool. Who uses phone numbers anymore? <laughs> I know, but since this is an audio podcast, we can use the audio. Uh, so you can call in, leave a voicemail, uh, you know, ask a question, relate some thoughts, relate a story, whatever you want to do. So uh, you can uh, find us there at 971-666-3351. Wow, that is amazing. Yeah, I was so excited to find that. It took me a while to, to choose the number because, you know, and that's why it's... 351 spell something? No, oh. no. Oh, are well, you sure? Maybe. I Go mean, for it. It, it Figure spells it out. several things. I didn't know if it it would spell something. Yeah, I. In fact, uh, I one couldn't. Has no, no letters. Couldn't. Do couldn't. One. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, couldn't find. Um, couldn't find one with the area code in Washington. So, Jeremy, it's you're it. It's in. It's in Oregon. What? What? <laughs> Represent. <laughs> so. Well, for show notes, sources, links, uh, you can click on the link tree, which is in the description of this episode. Uh, you'll find all kinds of information um, on the episode pages on our new website, thedevilpodcast.com. All right. Well, I think that's good with all the housekeeping out of the way. Today, you know, we've talked a lot 
in the first couple of episodes about evil and the concept of evil. Um, and we started to touch on the personification of evil. And then we got into some interviews. And I think that if you haven't listened to episodes one through five, or at least one and two, you should go back and go check those out. Um, it's a good setup for today. Uh, but today we are going to talk specifically around the concept of the devil. And what does this mean? What is even the concept? What is that? Um, and then we're going to talk a bit about some of the modern uh, understandings or modern concepts of the devil. Some that we have learned from our interviews and some I have spouted out and some we're just going to make up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds easy. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, once again, uh, I am pulling heavily from Jeffrey Burton Russell's The Devil Perceptions of Evil from Antiquity to Primitive Christianity, uh, particularly chapters two and a little bit of three. So uh, if you want to go get that bo book, Bach book, um, it's in the links. It's, it's very good very informative. Um, we're going to kind of try and address the question, who or what is the devil? That's our central question today. Um, and we'll look at that from, you know, LDS, Islam, uh, various Christian understandings, um, Buddhism, Satanism, and so on. We'll just kind of go through what we know. Okay. Um, okay. So what is the devil? devil i'm going to toss that out to you to you two what do you think the concept of the devil is what is the devil how do you how how would you go about defining that it sounds a little loaded because we've done a few of these now so we, we've heard different perspectives are you asking a personal take like what the devil is to me or cultural standpoint or based off the information that we have i want to make sure i get the question right so i pass the quiz <laughs> well there's no wrong answer so um i would say uh well i mean whatever is first comes to mind i guess what what is the concept what you know what is the devil uh devil is the king of hell okay uh yes <laughs> oh, we're going to do this again, yeah. are we? Got it in no, I'm sorry. Um, no, I mean, I think that sums it up really nicely. Uh, the devil would be like ruling all of hell. Mm -hmm. it, you know, if, if hell exists and there's a ruler, that is what the devil would be. Yeah. Um, I, and I think that's what I grew up thinking of as the devil and when i hear the word that's still the the thought that that comes to mind um you know personal ideas on whether hell and the devil actually exist you know have changed over the course of my life but um but yeah if, if we're gonna talk about the devil it he's the ruler of the underworld he's got his little minions down there and uh he likes making bad things happen can i talk about that real quick because i had yes. like a, a straight up shower thought thinking about the, my my thoughts about, about the devil the other day not because i was anticipating your question but because i just finished up uh listening to the interview that we went through with uh, me and my muslim friend 
And one of the thoughts that was occurring to me was when I was going through the, the, the same comment that I made before of culturally things are very different, right? Like very different concepts of what it is. And I thought about the cultural connotation of what the devil is to me and recognize that I think of him in capitalistic terms. And I could, I could, I just called it him, right? So, so patriarchal capitalistic terms. I think of the fact that he is the boss of hell. He was appointed by a greater boss and he is constantly working to increase his numbers. He, mm. he is trying to build and recruit and, and, and does a whole bunch of influencing and therefore runs the business of keeping people or gaining people in hell, has his own employees or his demons or his minions, and then has all of his stock, all of his people, his cattle that he keeps for whatever reason he's supposed to, but that's the job. And I, and I was like, it just made me laugh out loud of thinking of the fact that like, everything the way i approach this is the way the u.s business world works mm -hmm. and so that's the immediate relation i put into it so even when i say king i don't think in monarchy terms mm -hmm. I, I think he's the senior vice president of hell under the ceo of all ethereal planes yeah right <laughs> yeah no i get you this boss guy and, and it's just so even when you were talking about it all i'm like i just i'm seeing the guy in the tie and the the pointy ears and everything it's like oh man boss devil yeah that's awesome and uh, you know i think we've seen versions of that in popular media right in movies and television sure that has been you know represented in some form or another maybe not exactly as you laid that out but pretty close um and i think that that's kind of the point right defining the devil is about like defining art it's it's not really easily done with universal acceptance you know kind of much like we talked about with evil it's hard to really um approach it but there is a way to that we can kind of approach getting at some kind of working concept here you know even saying like like we we were kind of teasing before in the previous episodes that the devil is the personification of evil mm -hmm. right and that was one way to understand what the devil is. Well, that's not actually the case in some contexts, as we saw with Satanism. It's the personification of the origin and essence of evil isn't quite accurate either, right? So it's, but it's, it's getting there. We're getting, we're getting, you know, the idea anyway. Yeah. So there's no one system of truth that can provide absolute knowledge of any particular phenomenon, as we know. Um, many truth systems have laid claim to universality, and on the surface, they can seem to be true. Um, but you dig any deeper than the surface level, and each one kind of falls short. And this is even science. You know, we're talking about uh, science, religion, myth, poetry, mathematics, history. Why lock yourself up into one of those schools, right? Just looking at reality and looking at the concept of, of this particular uh, character within one of those just really boxes you in, you know, uh, because it blinds you to the complexity of all reality. So that just sounds I, hang on. like I can you just repeat that sentence cuz I just loved how that sounded blinds you to the complexity of all reality. Yeah. Because of of the boxing mindset. That is cool. Like, could you say it again cuz I I want to make sure I caught it. 
Yeah. Well, uh, I guess what I'm saying is, uh, if you if you lock yourself up within one of these sort of systems of truths, you know, religion, science, mathematics, history, whatever it is, uh, if you if you lock yourself up within one of those, trying to look at reality, it blinds you to the complexity of reality, of all reality. Um, so you're literally eliminating and narrowing down your focus because you're you're looking for a focus in the viewpoint of the because reality. It's just none of them work a hundred percent. None of them give you the full picture. Science cannot tell you about art, cannot inform you about the appreciation of art. Science can tell you how certain things work with it. Yeah. And in some ways, art can tell you what an art science is. You know, now, now we're getting into the clouds here, but I, I didn't want, I didn't want to make it weird. I've, <laughs> well, I've been listening to a lot of Dune books. And so I was like, this is very familiar. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, we are going to talk in these terms today. So stop me when I get a little too esoteric or vague. So because we're approaching this as a historical and cultural study, though, I mean, that is our focus. We really can't take sides as to which interpretation of the devil is the most accurate right again not locking yourself into one truth system and even within religion as you know like each religion is its own truth system yeah so we we can't we can't take sides there so the definition for us is that the definition of the devil is what his concept is that can sound a bit incoherent and chaotic what is his concept that means it could be kind of anything right uh, wait a Emily- minute the, the the devil is the concept no the devil is the concept of the what devil the devil's concept is yeah not the devil's own concept okay. our concept of the devil that defines the devil okay the pronoun um, his threw me i didn't I know. know i didn't english know. is dumb let, let me break it down You've said this before, I think, therefore, I am kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've said we're going to see a lot of that within yeah. this type of pursuit. You know, but as Richard Woods says in his book, The Devil, reality is not a given fact, but a construction. If men define their situations as real, they are real in their consequences. And so the concept is what it is thought to be mm-hmm. it's a thought that consists of a tradition of the views and perceptions of what it is so the concept is what it is thought to be but it is comprised of a tradition around what it is thought to be and that tradition evolves over time mm, okay to define the devil we're going to look at uh, russell's definition The devil is what his concept is, and his concept is the tradition of human views about him. The devil is what we perceive him to be. Yeah. All right. And the reason why that's so complex is the we is very, very diverse. Sure. Right? Yeah. Totally get that. Okay. So let's summarize a little bit here. One, there is no objective definition of the devil. Two, the devil can be uh, defined historically. Three, 
The devil's historical definition can be obtained with the reference to definitions of evil that are themselves existential, as we've covered in episodes one and two. Number four, the devil is the personification of whatever is perceived in society as evil. Um, And then the concept of the devil consists of the tradition or traditions of perception of this personification. Okay. So concepts form when each person is confronted with manifestations of power or destructive forces that are both external and internal. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we we form these concepts. I'm sorry, Don. I didn't. Yeah, go ahead. I I was going to say the way I'm seeing the the concepts really plays back to the first start where you're talking about truth systems, right? Re- religion is a truth system, science is the truth system, and, and they have their own ways of seeing things. And so putting the devil into the context of that truth system means it's going to also have its own perception based on what the system is mm-hmm. and, and, and the way that's seen it. And therefore, the devil fits in the concept of that system. So I just, it sounds yeah. like that that's, we're on the same page. I just, that's, it, it feels a little bit like we're repeating it, but we're saying it in different ways each time. I just want to make sure I'm, I'm getting that. And I need you guys to do that because obviously I'm speaking from, you know, text that I've absorbed um, and putting this out there. But but you're here to, like, help me translate into that everyday language and give, give examples. And I think that's great because really, uh, and this is kind of what we've been saying for a while, is that the, the concept of the devil or the devil is what we believe him to be or mm-hmm. what be, we believe it to be. And if people, if, if a people's believes this devil is real, it is real in its consequences because they will act upon that reality mm-hmm. because that is real, you know, or the opposite of that. If the devil is not real, right. and that is the reality that also is that was, real in its consequences. Absolutely. And people will still act and behave according to that truth that they live in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a side tangent. Remind me later. I'm sure we'll forget. But <laughs> I've got... It's a, it's a spinoff of um, something that Yasmin on the previous interview, Yasmin Bendas, was talking about. If you don't have a belief in God or, you know, she kind of lists these, well, you probably just have this... Uh, hedonistic viewpoint, nothing really matters, blah, blah, blah. I want to circle back to that at some point because um, I think that applies to, to what we're talking about here. Okay. You know, the next thing, this is kind of where where this universal human experience comes in, is that humans just naturally perceive patterns. We want to see connections in the world around us. Mm-hmm. And we look for them and we search meaning for what, you know, we perceive. And this often extends to perceptions of evil, which can lead to personifications. It's a way that we relate to what we can understand. There is a, I mean, we do this with the concept of God, right? Um, And that's Christianity kind of took that understanding about this Jesus of Nazareth who was publicly executed by the Roman Empire, blaming the Jews for it. But the story started circulating around that he resurrected after three days. And now we're going to take that concept, and after a few iterations, he's going to become 
a personification of God. He's going to be the human version of God that so that we can, as humans, can make sense of it and have a relationship with that. That is the concept. That's the idea. You know, we do that with the good side. We also do that with the bad side or with the devil or whatever that might be. To understand the concept in terms of its tradition, it's best understood in the light of the direction the tradition is moving rather than when it started. What he refers to here is that there is a long, long-standing thing with biblical criticism and historical uh, pursuit that the truth in a thing lies it's in the search for its origins. The earliest we can get back, the more true it must be. And, and he's saying, you know, the truth in Christianity is not found best in the search for its origins, but rather step by studying the development of its tradition, its evolution. And I think he's right on this. Uh, you know, you may have heard there's this, uh, there's been this movement called the quest for the historical Jesus, something that I totally uh, went down the rabbit hole on. And it's, yeah. it's totally worthwhile. And it, you get a lot of historical basis and you get, um, I think, a really rich understanding of who these historical figures were. But does that tell us what is most accurate? I think that's what the assumption or the pursuit of these types of things are. And, he, and Russell's saying, no, that is, again, limiting your focus. You yeah. can do that, but you need to look at tra you know, the tradition over time as it develops to really get the full picture of this particular truth. So in the, in the concept of the devil, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to go back and look at some of the earliest forms that we can find of the devil. But is that to say, well, that's what it really is? No. What it really is, is how that's been incorporated into different traditions and cultures and how those have evolved over time. See, I'm reminded of the idea of uh, confirmation bias. Mm -hmm. We were just talking about looking for the exact truth. Like, was that exactly where it was? Well, if... If you are looking for something to be there or to not be there, and that's your exact goal, that's all you're going to see. You're going to see the, the things that, that prove or disprove what you're looking for, as opposed to what it sounds like from this particular study, it's much more of an almost an anthropological concept idea of really looking at all of the things, every yeah. aspect. And I know that's a, that's a bit of what we're doing here, right? We're mm -hmm. looking for the devil that we don't know. We're not trying yeah. to confirm a bias. We're not trying to to find out what he is. We're, we're looking for all the different levels of it, Yeah. which I, I say out loud to remind myself sometimes because of the fact that, that we, you are using some pretty heavy concepts and, and, and it's late at night and I'm like, why? But but I understand that this is a part <laughs> of what we're going into to to get all. all Why the are we here, Don? <laughs> I have some good news for you. I have one sentence left of all of this, and we're done. Okay, we'll do it. Okay. Say it. <laughs> and it's just to wrap this up. The devil is what his concept is, and his concept is composed of the traditions of human perceptions about him which change and evolve over time. Beautiful. That is our definition. Excellent. We got that it. That is our concept. Now we understand what we mean by concepts. We understand what we mean by traditions. We understand why we can't 
just limit it to religion or history or you know science or whatever it is that we have to look at it all and how in these different contexts they have evolved over time because that's how we got to where we are today and that is where my quest started how the fuck did we get here yeah how did these people right. over here believe that this thing is happening really in a way that in you know motivates them to go and vigilante kill someone yeah right where did that come from why do we have that why is that a thing and it's not just because people can buy into some crazy shit it's because there is a tradition of concepts that mm -hmm. make it real yeah and that's what we're here to unearth to understand and i think hopefully find some better truths through it that can make a difference so let's talk about what modern understandings are today you know we've learned quite a bit and i think one of the things that i want to do with this section is let's talk about what we've learned and get some concepts out get some things that we can circle back on in future episodes going okay so where did that thing come from mm -hmm. right where did that idea come from okay so let's let's break this down we're gonna we're gonna go through christianity as we know it we're gonna go through uh, I'm going to put out some stuff that I've learned about Catholicism, Jehovah's Witness, Latter-day Saints, Mainline. We'll take a look, uh, you know, I'll throw out some Bible verses that I found on this, and we'll just kind of go through that. So, Cool. All right. So the, the devil is known by a lot of names in Christianity. Yeah. Satan, Lucifer, Baal, or Baal, or Baal. Oh, yeah, Baal. B A apostrophe A L. Is that um, how you pronounce it? Mm -hmm. Oh, uh -huh. okay. Um, which I'm so excited, you guys, that I have already done the research for an episode that is right about ball. It's going to be awesome. And, and Beelzebub, Beelzebub yeah. is ball's son. What? That's what it means. Beelzebub is ball. We'll get into it. It'll be okay. great. <laughs> um, but that's another one. I was waiting for you to drop that one. Yeah. That, that was the one yeah. I knew as a kid. Beelzebub. Here's my Beelzebub. I thought these are all one and the same, just different names. I, I... They, well, that's that's the understanding in Christianity is that they yeah. are one and the same. Okay. You know, Beel, uh, Beelzebub, Old Scratch, the Dark Lord, Mephistopheles, Azazel, Abaddon, Asmodeus, the Evil One, the Adversary, Prince of Darkness, Old Nick. There it is. Old, old Nick. Nick. Yep. Old Nick. Uh, like old Belial. Belial. B-E-L-I-A-L. Belial. Yep. Belial. Apollyon. Mammon. I know Mammon. The, the Accuser. The Beast. The Enemy. Sometimes the Antichrist. Sometimes. Part of that, right? It's, like it's real weird with, <laughs> yeah. Christianity the beast too. Gets, When he said the Beast, I'm like, well, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, there's some that's where it kind of diverges, right? And within wow. the Christian tradition, it's like, is the beast Satan? Well, yes, but kind of not. But kinda it's not, you know, yeah. Um, same thing with the Antichrist. Well, the well, no, technically, the Antichrist is a separate person, but is he? I, you know, 
<laughs> Depends on who you ask. Here. I am familiar with like maybe five or six of those. <laughs> Leviathan. Yeah. Leviathan. Prince of this world. He's known as Prince of this world or ruler of this world. Prince of Principalities of the Air. Mm-hmm. Which green. I, sorry, right. skipping down your list. I'm sure you probably got that Jeremy, one. Jeremy, <laughs> you're, you're like, you're on these. Oh, his tradition have, knows all of these. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> this one was new to me, the green man. And that has to do, I believe, with, um, I'm going to call it paganism, but I know that's not quite right. Right. Um, but it, it has to do, I think, with Fae, but it was sort of commandeered like Christianity does and made it similar a, to... Or, a powerful entity that is not God, they'll, they'll take all the names. Yep. Yeah, you bet. The serpent, as we know, and yep. the dragon. Hmm. The dragon. And the dragon is definitely mentioned uh, in Revelation, yep. uh, in addition to the beast. Um, obviously, we know uh, we know the devil to be Lucifer, the fallen angel, known as the star of the morning or morning star. Christianity claims, or many traditions of it claim that uh, the serpent in the Garden of Eden is uh, in the Garden of Eden is the devil. Uh, that the Satan who harangued Job is the devil. The, the belief that the devil is very real and active in this world today, that the devil is the ultimate supernatural force of evil. Uh, he has demons that also act on his behalf, tempts humanity, leads them astray from God, influences humanity to do evils. You know, these are all things yeah. that... This one's for you, Jeremy, because you brought it up earlier. <laughs> is the master of hell which is a real place that exists where the souls that are damned go after they die full of fire and every kind of torture and torment imaginable and unimaginable a place of punishment and despair yep okay that sounds like i mean that wasn't preached to me in church but through different types of media or whatever books and movies yeah. and and stuff and just social what have you yeah um that's what i yeah that's what i picture it as and i think okay. that's that's true for so a far uh 10 for 10 <laughs> <laughs> let's keep going uh the devil can take any form often portrayed as a hooved animal for his lower body red in color or black obsidian skin mm-hmm and has horns either like a bull, a ram, or just little small horns out of the top of his forehead. Um, <laughs> the devil can possess people requiring an exorcism. Uh, usually one or more of his demons do this, uh, you know, for him. In his stead. In his stead. Um, He's got to balance the books for hell after all. Yeah. The devil... Don't got time uh, to possess people anymore. The devil is in music. The devil loves music. Uh, and in particularly loves music that you're not supposed to listen to, like heavy metal, games, like rock and roll. Yeah, the devil's music. The devil's um, music. <laughs> games like Dungeons and Dragons and doing, you know, uh, the practice of tarot cards, crystals, um, books like Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. I mean, you remember that there are Christian 
churches out there that teach that reading Harry I, Potter yeah. is a doorway to Satan. I, I um, remember there being some controversy about yeah. that. Yeah. Any I, kind of pagan practice. Premarital sex mm -hmm. is a gateway to Satan. Uh, drugs and alcohol use and sometimes even just dancing as a means to gain access to you and your soul to influence you and try to win you over to the dark side and damn your soul to hell for all eternity. So I, I got to jump in real quick just because I mm -hmm. need to make note of this. As someone who grew up with this, uh, parents literally had the conversation about how could you bring that Harry Potter book into our house? The, like this type of deal. I do want to make note that uh, we're not being flippant about this. Right. Our tone, right? Because again, because of our tradition, I want to, I want to make clear, I have had a, a, probably a tone of voice or, or a reaction to a couple of things. This is absolutely the 14 year old Jeremy in me uh, reliving some trauma mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that, that I've, I've had in my life through my parents and through my church. So, uh, I just want to be really clear that that as you were reading through them, I, I'm hearing a couple of my tones, that, and I and I might even be like making zingers or, or callbacks that that could create the way that we talk about things. I just want to be clear that, that like I I'm listening to you and I'm hearing it and and I'm acknowledging and agreeing with all of this. And I apologize if my tone sounds a little bit off once in a while because they're, they're just have have a little bit like solid amounts of memories on this one. You're fine. A lot of people who are listening to that list their resentment is just growing angrier and deeper with each word that I say. Whereas others are like, no, yeah, that's, that's about right. And, and I, myself, my tone might be a little flippant or like, can you believe these people actually believe this shit? But in reality, no, I'm actually, I actually do respect that. And I'm just trying to name what it is that people really do think is important and and is uh, an aspect of what we're talking about whether i agree with it or not uh, we need we need to acknowledge what it is um respect it and try to understand it and that's what this yeah. is um, but we're also uh you know we've also been in comedy for 20 years so <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's there's that's going to be in our tone but like we just said in the the first half hour in defining this, the devil is basically what is. what yeah, what the concept is. And yeah. so for many people, this is the reality. This yeah. is their reality. And yeah. So And it and again, it has caused you know, the those who have left Christianity um in one form or another and have become atheists, many of these people uh enter this sort of anti-religion and anti-christianity and create this sense of resentment around it and so that's that's important too uh, and it's these teachings and these concepts that the actions upon what you do with this knowledge what you do with this understanding has real consequences Mm -hmm. You know, so I just listed a whole bunch of things that the devil uses to get at you, right? But yeah. for some reason, hypnosis is okay. Have you noticed that? If, if you go to therapy wow. and you get hypnotized, like that seems fine. Uh, you know, I read the book, The Exorcist, and if you've seen the movie, like they use hypnosis to sort of 
gain <laughs> the subconscious and stuff, but really, you know, for some reason that's fine. The the actual psychological use of uh, surrendering control and making you more suggestible, which is what the teaching is saying that the Satan is doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. But dancing, heaven dancing. Is and I you altered states. I, I, I will I, I will push back a little bit. It's again, it's probably based on the reality and the perspective. Uh I was raised that hypnotism was the worst thing. Oh really? Was, okay, well at least there's consistency. Yeah. There's it, consistency there. It, there was there was a lot of fear put into giving yourself control to somebody else and and, and and surrendering your body and your mind, which belongs to God and Philip's four thirteen and Philippians four thirteen of, of and you don't know what's being happening to you. So Again, that could be a personal situation no, I think, where I was raised, but like there's there's a I, lot of of the do not surrender control, do not surrender right. that power. Yeah, and and it's that do not achieve altered states of consciousness, right. Right. and and the recognizing that uh, you are always at war. Mm -hmm. You cannot be vulnerable. That constant vigilance, going back to Harry Potter again. When I, I when Mad Eye Moody was like constant vigilance, I was like. That's not weird. That's not funny. That's how I was raised. Like that is, is a constant <laughs> level of thing. We we woke up in the morning and said our prayer to put on the armor of mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit every day, right. as as part of that routine. Be uh, because we're about to go into demonic warfare and Satan is going to tempt you. You need to be protected. You need yeah. to be pr protected and prepared. Okay, a couple other things that we've got here. Uh, ritual prayer and contrition can keep the devil away. Drive out demons. The devil is uh, the one who tempted Jesus in the in the wilderness. He rebelled against God. There is a war in heaven. Took a third of the host with them and was cast out down to hell or to earth, depending on what story you're looking at. Yeah. Where the other fallen angels became demons, and he became the devil. And he will manifest in the end of days and seem to have conquered the world until the second coming of Christ happens, where Christ will destroy the devil and his minions once and for all. Um, I, that's, I think that's pretty, like, that understanding, even, I feel like no matter what tradition of Christianity you came from, like, that story, at least, is, should be familiar to you. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, well, so hang on a second. I, I I don't want to say absolutely. Like obviously, we established that I had a lot of devil in my <laughs> upbringing. Emily, you didn't. Are are those stories similar, or familiar to you, even without? Uh... So the fallen angel, and there's going to be a final battle. Um, I'm familiar with those. Those weren't. Those were not preached to me mm -hmm. at church, though. Yeah. The only mention of hell I remember is in the Apostles' Creed when we would say that every Sunday. Um, and if I can interject, the reason why we remember that so much because as a kids we could actually say we hell say and it. get away with it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I still have most of it memorized. Um, yeah, I mean that's my that's my understanding of it. You mm -hmm. know, some of it comes from church there's he descended into hell so hell there's like an the underworld mm -hmm. type thing um people go there uh you're judged when you die if if you are not worthy of going to heaven that's where you go and the devil is there and he'll 
torture you for eternity. Again, this wasn't preached to me during Sunday, but it was what I grew up knowing through my various social circles, movies, books, just general life instances, you know? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I mean, this, this all sounds very familiar to me. Well, let's get into some things that might not be all that familiar. Okay. Um, here's a thing in Catholicism that I read that I don't know if is true, but I read it on the internet, so it must be. I'll quiz my um, husband later. <laughs> that uh, Satan or the devil started as a good angel created by God. He is pure spirit. So no, There's no body. Uh, and his actions are permitted by divine providence and and in fact he was not just the uh, a good angel he was the highest form of angel mm-hmm. um, there is this understanding of the cherubim and there's a whole long list of uh stuff which i will include in the show notes um, but uh, this concept that he was the highest of angels. In fact, some say he was the first angel ever created, that he was the first born of God, you know, or whatever. Um, God's right hand as well. Yeah. And so because he was the highest, when he was cast out, he had the farthest to fall. Mm. And so he was cast down real far. So that's that's a thing in in Catholicism I found in um, Eastern Orthodox. Uh, Lucifer is the inventor of sin, which leads to death. Do- God did not create death. Death is a result of Luther uh, Luther Lucifer's creation of sin. I thought that was interesting, and that yeah. definitely. I, I get it. Like there's Roman that passage in Romans where the wages of sin is death. Um, so I can see where yeah. that came out. Uh, that Lucifer or the devil is a former archangel who fell. Not a cherubim. He was a former archangel that ch- that fell. See, and I'm not even familiar with the hierarchy of yeah, angels. Me neither. I... Uh, we know that archangels were like Michael and Gabriel. That's mm. as far as my knowledge went, <laughs> or he still goes. I'm glad I'm uh, not the only one. <laughs> le- leads of fighters and the generals, as opposed to the seraphim, which were the messengers and the musicians, and the cherubim that were the uh, the servants, the ones who provided all of the uh, the God's will, like like it acted mm. out God's will in, in what they did. But we have we have the archangels who were also the defend. It's fine. We yeah. don't different thing. Well, we'll get to that. You can have, it's fine. It's important. We're going to get to it. We definitely should get to that. Um, Let's see here. Uh, He was a former archangel who fell, losing his light and became uh, the dark Satan. So a light angel fell and now is dark Satan. Uh, Hell was the realm of death and therefore God could not enter there because he is the creator of light and life. The devil then seeks to separate humanity from God in death. And Christ's mm. resurrection threw all this uh, out, this whole idea, because it grants internal life to followers. So the devil only now has the power over those who freely choose to 
um, follow him in sin. Okay. And this is not still Eastern Orthodox. Which one? No, is this is all East. This oh, this is, all is under still the, Eastern Orthodox. Okay. And again, it's it's probably shared in one degree oh, or another sure, in other sure. traditions. But I this just, is just. I didn't know if we were still on on that yeah. one or not. Yeah. That, so that's what I found in Eastern Orthodox. Um, Jehovah's Witness. Satan was originally a perfect angel who developed feelings of self-importance and craved worship that belonged to God. Uh, he is God's chief ad adversary and invisible rule, ruler of this world. Um, there is not a hell where Satan rules. He was cast down from heaven to earth, and his uh, demon minions are the cause of human suffering. And incidentally, apparently, he was cast down from heaven to earth in 1914. <laughs> Very specific really? date. What happened before then? Yeah, I don't know. I just humans yeah. didn't suffer apparently. I and I don't even know if that's true, but that's what I read. So, nineteen fourteen. Um, yeah, they have a very specific timeline of things. Okay. Uh, uh, Latter Day Saints. This will be a review. Mm -hmm. Lucifer is literally our spirit brother. Uh, there is no hell, much like the uh, Jehovah's Witness. There is no right. realm. Um, Lucifer thought he had a better plan of salvation. He convinced one third of heaven, all of the, which was, uh, all the spirits that have been and would be, uh, they rebelled and were cast out, sent to earth as spirits, never to have bodies and never can, um, can progress. Cause that's the goal of Latter-day Saints is that you're always progressing and in order to reach, you know, the higher progression, you must have a body and uh, been human living on Earth. You have that. That's a thing that you have to do. Uh, and then mainline Christianity. This is kind of the moderate to liberal Christianity. This is what I'm talking about here. This is mostly Protestantism, but it also incorporates, you know, liberal Catholicism. You know, these are the Lutherans, the Episcopalians, yeah. the Methodists, the United Church in Christ, you know, the, the liturgical Protestant churches that still have remnants of Catholicism within their traditions. Sure. Um, you know, and I think this is where, you know, Emily and I have the most yeah. experiences that the devil is really, it's a story, it's a metaphor for human wickedness, and we should strive against evil as a constant daily spiritual practice um, that we can use the, these figures of the devil. When we, when we say uh, the, the liturgies uh, in baptism, where we, we renounce the devil and all his power and all that stuff, uh, we do this, but I, I don't, I wonder, I question how many of the people who are going through this. And when we say that in liturgy, I, that this is a real people? person or that yeah. it's really just a concept that we use in our spiritual practice, you know? Cause I, I never got the feeling like we were talking in literal terms. Mm -hmm. at and all. I, the more conservative churches, certainly. Um, that right. Been, right. You know, but yeah. like for my experience, it just was always like a story, a metaphor, like yeah. you said. And, and so that's, yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, these, these stories and the thing, you know, the figure of the devil can provide us with important allegorical truths. 
Yeah. And and we can use them to live better lives. Yeah. You know what they mean to us personally and and how we can use those in our daily lives to to make good decisions and and be good people. Yep. All right. Well, we're at the end of Christianity here, so I I think let's go through uh, uh just a few Bible verses that are most common that uh is referenced in the uh, you know proof or or existence of the devil so uh one of the first ones that jumps out is revelation chapter 12 verses 7 through 9 and war broke out in heaven michael and his angels fa- uh, fought against the dragon the dragon and his angels fought back but they were defeated and there was no longer any place for them in heaven the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent, who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. So this is the verse that uh, many point to as uh, the war in heaven. You know, the they were cast out, you know, and that sort of thing. Yeah. But it's very interesting that they chose this particular, you know, he's fighting against the dragon. And remember how I, uh, you know, talked about in the last time with uh, uh, Islam where uh, the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent. And then the last, the next bits sound to me a bit like editorial editions uh, for clarification. Who is called the devil and Satan, Mm. you know. Again, reflecting of the interpretation of what actually survived of that passage over time. Right. Uh, Revelation 20, verses 2 through 3. He sees the dragon, that ancient spirit, who is the devil and Satan, Mm -hmm. and bound him for a thousand years, and threw him into the pit, and locked and sealed it over him, so that he would deceive the nations no more until the thousand years were ended after that he must be let out for a little while (laughs) ominous i I think that's funny for some reason he must be let out for a little while just a little while i think that's an interesting point here uh, about he's going to be trapped for a certain amount of time that's going to come back later we're going to we're going to see that in a very early form that we can see clearly came from that Ezekiel uh, chapter 28, I'm not going to read the verses, but essentially, because it's really long, but the gist <laughs> here is that uh, there's often taught that, uh, you know, there's a, there's a discussion here around the king of Tyre, and that the, uh, there's a comparison between Satan and Lucifer and the king of Tyre. And so they are Tyre or Tyre. Um, so that story is about that, and they often point to that as like, okay, that's, that's who that is. Um, here's, here's where we hear that, uh, Lucifer is in the Bible as the devil. Um, Isaiah 14, 12 through 17. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'll, I'll, uh, read a few verses here. How you are fallen from heaven. O day star, son of dawn, how you are cut down to the ground. You who laid the nations low, you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of assembly on the heights 
of Zaphon and so on and so on and so on. So there's this understanding that they, you know, we're referring to Lucifer and Lucifer is saying, I will ascend to heaven. I will do these lofty selfish things or whatever. And it turns out this passage is referring to the king of Babylon. Um, but again, a comparison with Lucifer and the king of Babylon occurs. Yeah. Obviously the entire book of Job. Um, <laughs> Job, chapter, Job chapter 1 verse 6 uh, one day the heavenly beings came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came among them um, heavenly beings uh, were also understood as sons of God and that can mean a whole lot of things too so a lot of folks will point to this as this understanding of a council of heaven and that Satan was on that council, or at least was among them. So kind of interesting. Again, Genesis, serpent tricks Eve into eating the fruit. Oh, this is a good one. John chapter 8, verse 44. You are from your father, the devil, and you choose to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks according to his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. The devil is the father of lies. That's where this comes from. And then there's other, you know, there's Hebrews where uh, basically the, the devil has the power of death. And so death is the sort of domain of the devil. I'll post a whole bunch of resources and you can go down that rabbit hole if you'd like. Uh, there's obviously tons more Bible verses out there that they point to. We're going to uncover a whole bunch of that stuff uh, as we move along in this study because uh, there is no text without context, as my pastor likes to say. <laughs> Very wise. Okay, so now let's turn to Islam. Uh, so this, again, will be review because we just had this. We have Iblis or uh, Shaitan, which we understood now is the singular form of devil. Yes. So, uh, but yep. can be referred to as, you know, the devil, obviously, Shaitan. But his name was Iblis, was an angel who thought he was better than humanity. And when God commanded all the angels to prostrate before Adam, the first man, Iblis, refused and was cast out. Uh, there are many scholars who hold that Iblis is a jinn, uh, which are beings of fire that, that are separate from angels, demons, and humanity. Um, jinn have free will. Angels do not, so they argue that Iblis could not have been an angel if he rebelled against God's command. He had to have been a jinn because they have free will. Okay. Um, but others say he was just that bad and he could do it, <laughs> and he was an angel at the time. Uh, you know, Iblis and his devils whisper in our ears to do bad things and try to lead us away from God. And I think my favorite part of the story of this conversation was during the holy month of Ramadan, the shayateen, all the devils, including Iblis, uh, are locked up. They cannot touch you during oh, this month. Right. I thought that was really cool. All right. Any other comments on that before we move on? It's it's so funny. Like, I... I, I listen to it in a very different way mm. when we talk about Shaitan and, and Iblis because I don't have my history. I don't have my, my mm. past reactions to it. So I'm sitting here like like just absorbing. I'm, I'm, mm. I'm pulling that in and, and like, okay, learn about that one and get that one as opposed to the like, ah, I remember that. Mm. And I remember this thing and, and, and like 
yeah, it's it just isn't that interesting that the two figures are so similar, so similar, and yet the shift in context is enough to separate that from for you. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it's really That's, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So Judaism, we're gonna have at least one whole episode on Judaism. I'm not gonna cover enough here at all. In fact, I'm only going to cover like a paragraph. So <laughs> nice. Um, in Judaism, mostly there is no existence in supernatural only evil being. There are no fallen angels. There are no rebel angels. The word uh, that uh, is translated in as Satan refers to human adversaries but it can be applied metaphorically to evil influences. So often the word Satan has a, uh, also a courtroom connotation that probably came more from the Greeks. Um, they used that word more in a, in a courtroom situation, but um, obviously during that first century BCE, first century CE, there's, you know, there's a lot of crossover in there. Satan is often defied or identified as quote, evil inclination. So that is a Satan. If you have an evil inclination. Like wanting to do? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not a literal that being. Means. It's okay. a feeling. Feeling. Some say Satan was the angel of death, later called Semiel. Hmm. So, I mean, there's not a 100% agreement across. We're not going to find that, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, some say Satan is an actual agent of God that... Okay. So does uh, does his will does his bidding? God, yeah, God does have a plan. God do, is responsible for all evil, and God and Satan is his agent that does that hmm. uh, on his behalf. So anyway, those are some real, you know, we're not even scratching the surface there, and probably many things that I just said were horribly oversimplified uh, and maybe <laughs> inaccurate. So. We'll for find this, out later. For the moment. So we'll for the moment, it is as true as up. we understand. <laughs> um, but again, the, uh, what we're trying to do here is name and understand a little bit of modern concepts of the devil and, and what Satan is. So that's, that's a flavor for Judaism. In Buddhism, I'm actually uh, going to get a real Buddhist monk on the show. Sweet. Uh, oh, you good. both know who it is. Jeff Miles. Yay! And he's going to come so on the show and help us out with the understandings around Judaism. He's a very fun guy to talk to. Not Judaism. I don't know why I just said that. Buddhism. <laughs> I was like, the guy's really gifted in a lot of things. Man, yeah. he's good. He's an expert he's at that, too. <laughs> uh, okay, so Buddhism. Uh, Buddhism has a character, uh, a demon named Mara. Or uh, Again, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but that's how I'm going to pronounce it. M-A-R-A, -A, Mara. Mara is the evil personified uh, representing temptation, sin, and death. Uh, it, Mara is referred to as the tempter, the evil one. Mara is said to be, um, I don't know how to pronounce this word, so I'll just use the translation, he who fulfills desires. Hmm. Mara wow. is he who fulfills desires. The selfishness of man is Satan. Mm. The God. satisfaction of selfishness is hell. Wow. Satisfaction of selfishness. The selfishness itself is Satan. Mm -hmm. 
um, and and deriving uh, satisfaction and a feeling of pleasure from achieving selfishness. Achieving that yeah. is hell. Is hell. You are in a state of hell at that point. Mara is associated with death, rebirth, and desire. Uh, he has three daughters. Tanha. Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher these uh, pronunciations, but I'm gonna give it a shot. Tanha thirst, meaning thirst. Uh, arati which is um, aversion or discontentment, and raga, which is attachment, desire, greed, passion. So there are stories that his daughters are beautiful women who try to seduce away kings and whatnot, uh, but they are also obviously referred to in um, these metaphorical concepts as well. And uh, I have a note here, the quote, heaven of sensual delight is where Mara lives. Wow. Okay. That is hell. Uh, Mara's job was to drive you away from enlightenment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, and I, I totally get that. The, in, in the context of enlightenment being your ultimate achievement, being drawn to selfishness and fulfilling your selfishness is the absolute opposite of that. You're, you've now pulled yourself away from it. So that would be a hell. Yeah. Like that, that, that adds up for me. Yeah, so, for sure. So it, to me, it sounds like it's distraction. 100%. Distraction mm -hmm. from yeah. your ultimate goal of enlightenment. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Like getting, getting what you want and staying distracted because now you're content rather yeah. than working towards being enlightened. Gotcha. And that was air quoting, by the way. I don't know what no one on the podcast heard me air quote content. But <laughs> if if you are if you are pursuing and should be pursuing enlightenment and you are content, then you are not in a place of healthy state, I'm guessing. That's 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 not what you're trying to get to. Yeah. So hell. Sounds good to me. You don't need Jeff on this podcast. I'm here. I got this. <laughs> <laughs> uh Hinduism. I'm going to be honest, I didn't, I ran out of time and I didn't really get to look into Hinduism much, but uh, there is not really. Do, I hope we can do an episode on it with an interview. We will. Uh, I definitely, it's on my radar, but the, the devil specifically is not a, an actual or um, a directly translated concept, but they do have Kali and Kali is a destructive force. It was a creator of ultimate reality look up kali k-a-l-i and i mean there are myths galore about kali so we'll definitely you know try and take a look at that at some point for sure but uh but yeah and then that sort of brings us around to satanism so satanism is an interesting perspective because the devil is not generally evil the devil is not an evil figure to modern satanists the devil is a f the figure the ultimate figure of being a rebel being uh the adversary against tyrannical powers mm -hmm. i remember and, and uh, mm -hmm. yeah I, I was thinking of the first interview right satan for congress yeah and uh, and very much that being satan being the adversary that was where the mm -hmm. satanism came from but it wasn't about a specific person but it was about the rituals which i, which I remembered him mentioning so uh, there were rituals that you can think of it like performance art uh, you can think of it like you know something uh, an act or a ritual 
that can evoke strong feelings from those who witness it. Mm, um, okay. And it can invoke strong feelings for those who participate in it from a freeing, you know, freeing themselves from previous captivity of uh, certain modes of thought. It can be, you know, uh, liberating in that way. It can be a mockery of other rituals that are deemed hypocritical or um, just even damaging in their perceptions. So there is there is definitely an okayness with being offensive and but having that have a purpose and that purpose to be sending a message saying what you have out there uh, and the message that you're saying is oppressive and we don't like it and we're going to stand up to you. Okay. Um, that you're that what you know all of your truths that you think you are holding to be good. Well, you guys have the biggest pedophile ring on the planet of human trafficking in the Catholic Church. You know that that would be one stance. Of, gotcha. Okay. You know, and, and again, m many or most uh, modern Satanists, I think, would associate themselves as non-theists or atheists. They don't actually believe in this supernatural stuff at all, but it is meaningful for them to participate in acts of willful rebellion against oppressive powers got it um, okay yep gotcha yeah. now on the other hand there are uh theistic satanists who do have a supernatural belief in satan this character may still be this figure of ultimate authority or uh, uh, ultimate rebellion against authority who can grant powers or you know the equivalence of blessings or whatever it is to work within your in your lives. I have not done very much research into this. I've started to, to reach out to folks who are practicing uh, in this uh, in these fields and mm -hmm. so I'm very much look forward to learning more about that and what that means. Cool. Again, it's for the most part probably I don't know how much but for the vast majority that we've that I've uncovered so far, it's not devil worship as in we are we worship and adore the an evil being yeah so that we can do evil that is not what satanism is it's satanism is hey we're going to take this figure that you know and believe and have this visceral reaction to as evil we're going to take that and commandeer it and use it as a figure for freedom that's so it's pretty amazing like i i definitely see it as like much like you said like satanism is not worshiping of the devil it it is the embodiment of the adversary so it's mm -hmm. it's adversarialism against uh oppressive authorities yeah which i find it's it's another one of those that totally raised be afraid of satanists be afraid mm -hmm. of devil worships be afraid of dungeons and dragons and anything that has a pentagram or even looks like a five-pointed star turned around don't get near it and uh, for a long time i had like a physical visceral reaction every time anytime i saw one and now when i again just change that little context of like oh it's not the devil it's adversarialism mm -hmm. i go oh it's fine <laughs> it's suddenly like like man no no squeaky feelings at all it's it's great yeah yeah it's just amazing that context makes such a difference 
It does. That's what this whole thing is about. You know, the devil you don't know. We didn't know this when we first embarked on this, right? Yeah. And there's still so much we don't know. And I'm sure there's so much we are getting wrong, you know, and we will yeah. discover that as we go. And we, the, you know, as we learn, we can change our understandings. So that's the general gist. That's, that's what we have. There's a ton more that, you know, we're not going to get into, but I think the, you know, the main point is the devil is what his concept is. And his concept is composed of the traditions of human perceptions about him, which change and evolve over time. And we just saw a whole bunch of examples of that. And each one of those has eons of evolution and tradition in itself to get to where it is today. Yeah. Um, And even, even those are not consistent within each other. There's different traditions that have evolved within each one. And we, we can take that as, as an understanding. So we made it. Cool. That's good for us. (laughs) That's a lot in there, man. Good job. So, I mean, I guess to wrap this up, like, what does this all mean? You know, I, I get that we have this common theme of a figure of the devil who rebelled against God, usually out of some form of pride or sense of superiority, was cast out of heaven or out of the presence of God at the very least, down to earth or down into hell or the underworld where he and his minions try to get us and get to us to do evil and to be separated from God. Is it always masculine? Is Kali a masculine? No, Kali is Kali's feminine. Fe- feminine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I just, I, I recognize that we, we use the term he a lot and, and the Judeo-Christian terms is almost always a he and I, excuse me, back that up, the Bible and the Christian. The Abrahamic. Uh, the Abrahamics, right, see, see the he in, in there. Um, but yeah, it, it, a lot, a lot of similarities of seeing the same kind of concept over and mm-hmm. over again from all of these different origins. The uh, other things that pop out, uh, desire. Yep. Temptation. 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 Death. I think one thing that we'll also find, uh, there is, in many of these situations, there is death and rebirth. Uh, we'll find that a bit in um, Buddhism. There is death and fertility. And yeah. there is sexuality. The devil yeah. is often associated with sexuality. So how do we get there? Why is the devil associated with all of that? And I don't why know, is John, how do we? This is this is why, your job to figure this out. <laughs> why I'm setting you up. <laughs> why why is sexuality why has sexuality been thought of as this bad thing? And for uh, I would we say just, it's not and it's not just sexuality it though. I, I think finding pleasure in things or experiencing mm. too much pleasure. Yeah. That that's mm-hmm. a bad thing. Yeah. And I mean, it, I'm I'm even going way back here, like the the Disney movie Pinocchio, Ooh. Pleasure Island, Pleasure. right? Yeah. Was that the name of it? Sure was. Mm-hmm. That was like evil, right there. Yeah, that place, and it was just 
kids well, candy and yeah. <laughs> playing games and having fun. But that was that was bad. They were so smoking. it's so it's not just it's not just sexuality, uh, which obviously sex is pleasurable and stuff. But I think it's just pleasure Wait, in general, it, it, right? So what going reason? back to hedonism. Okay, there you go. Right? Yeah. Jeremy said something. I didn't I? Didn't say anything. He, he had a little <laughs> smile on his face. I just I was. But just I was working. talking over him. He said sex was pleasurable. I was like, are you sure? I hadn't heard that. <laughs> oh, Jeremy, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, I was raised really, really religious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, I think that's a good segue to what I the callback about uh, what Yasmin was saying. And, you know, if you don't have belief that there you you wouldn't care, you would have no uh, you wouldn't care what matters there would be no consequences for your actions. Nothing mattered. So you'd have all this hedonism and, you know, that sort of thing. And I think I just feel like that is a really common criticism of those other people that are not me yeah you know that those people that the that this prophet was speaking to trying to get them to change ways we you we hear the word debauchery all the time in mm -hmm. these contexts and hedonism and were they really out of control or were we projecting that they were just those people that we wanted to be separate from or we wanted them to conform to our way of thinking because our way of thinking thinks that your way is bad. Yeah. Uh, there is a lot of this, as we're going to find with Baal, um, this story is going to be surprising to us because it's not what we know of that story. Hmm. And we're going to get things a little bit from the other side. And so I guess my thought also is just, you know, speaking as someone who does not have a belief in a higher power or that sort of thing, at least not in a spiritual sense from, you know, belief in God. You know, again, I've, I've said I've, I'm an atheist. I think that being an atheist does not mean you are without scruples, <laughs> you know? Right, yeah. That, sure. that, you know, I think that, and I don't, I am not saying that that's what Yasmin is saying either, but, but I think that the, that is a common thought or common sort of thing that's thrown out there by Christians, by, you know, uh, different religious groups that, um, if you don't have what I have, y you're off doing crazy things, you know, you, there's no limits, you know, you have no guardrails and mm -hmm. things like that. And, you know, obviously that isn't the case okay well uh let's let's take this out guys um hey everyone thanks for what listening don't watch us if you watched us <laughs> thanks for that too we appreciate you being here isn't uh, that this, a patreon level where they do it is <laughs> hey if you're at a patreon level thanks for watching it was good seeing you <laughs> love your hair this has been the devil you don't know head over to our new website at thedevilpodcast.com and leave a comment or review we now have devil merch on our site if you want to show your support. You can also find all the links to our social media there. If you've got a story, a question, or even like praise for the show, that makes me feel really good and I love hearing that. So please leave us a voicemail at 971-666-3351. And we may even play your voicemail on an episode. That's 971-666-3351. 
Also, if you can, remember to subscribe. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Hey, we got some new Kickstarter backers. I wanted to give some shout-outs for you guys. Thank you so much for helping us out. Adam and Rachel Myers, Apocalypse Cowboy, Cassie Cummings, Chris Piazzo, Dougie the Potato Pope, Gordon Duke, Hugo the Death Die Club, Jenna McMichael, Jess Banks, Jody and Clint Black, who are game designers for Savage Worlds with Pinnacle Entertainment Group, and game table manufacturers of the brand you know and love called Carolina Game Tables. Check those out. Josh F. and Julia Vola. Thank you all so much. And everybody else, thank you for listening. And also get ready for a multi-part series on the ancient origins of the devil. The first episode is on ancient Egypt. Is that right, Don? Mm-hmm. Wow! going to yes. be great. I'm excited. I have uh, three episodes ready that are laid out. Uh, I've got three more after that that I want to do, so might be a six-part series. We'll see. Awesome. I'm here for it. See you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Next on The Devil You Don't Know. Perfect. Let's get going. All right. <laughs> I'm waiting so much. I know. I've been waiting for chair. these episodes. Ancient <laughs> Origins. Let's do it. Come on. I guess it, listeners at home, if you're not familiar with those, just go watch the Ten Commandments with Charlton <laughs> Heston. It's, I don't know if that's as good as Wikipedia. It's, it's not very, It's but it's what a lot of people think of. You know. There was what, what else? There's, there's that Prince of Egypt. Yes, I was going to say the animated okay. movie, which has some of the most fantastic music in it. Good point. They pour out the red beer on the path in front of Sekhmet, and she mistakes it for blood. She gets shit faced and stops <laughs> destroying everything. Beer saves the world again. <laughs> this is so awesome. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> love that's, that's it. Myth I can get behind. <laughs>